You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. I am the first local New York voice on these airwaves in 2021. I believe that's true. I could be wrong. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But let me welcome you. Since Ty has said nothing, I believe, in fact, that I am. Let me welcome. Let me be the first to welcome you, like like a maitre d' at a fancy restaurant. Oh, good morning, and welcome to 2021, a year where, hey, what should the slogan be? Hey, 2021, it can't be worse. Should should we go there? Wherever we're gonna go. Happy New Year, healthy New Year, successful New Year. And all good things to everyone listening in 2021. A lot going on this year. I mean, if you're a Jets fan, a lot going on this year. We'll get there in a moment. You're a Giants fan, a lot going on. Knicks are playing pretty good basketball. Granted, they gave you maybe the worst shooting performance you've ever seen ever, ever, ever in your life the other day. But still, 2-3 and three through 5. Hawks have their way with Brooklyn last night. We'll get into the Nets a little bit. We'll get into the Knicks a little bit. Wish list for the Mets. And the Yankees, and all of a sudden there's now rumblings out of L.A. that the Dodgers are interested in D.J. LeMahieu. But I think we'd be remiss if we didn't start with Cobra Kai. No, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't start with the NFL, right? Mind you, if you are scoring at home, one day into 2021, watch the entire season of Cobra Kai. The whole thing. My my little guy starts and we start watching it, and we're two episodes in. He's like, well, let's go one more. By the time you know it, it's 6 o'clock. We're flipping back and forth between Alabama, Notre Dame, and Cobra Kai, all season three, Cobra Kai, done. And there's no way I'm the only one with an earshot of this conversation right now that's saying, yeah, I didn't watch it. You, you all watched it, and don't lie to me. You watched it, and you loved it. All right. 800 919 Seven, six. You know the number. You know how to get involved. We're going to have a lot of back and forth today, a lot of very interesting topics. Giants with a, I mean, for lack of a better term, a huge weekend. I don't know how. I don't know how at 5-10 and ten, this team has a huge football game, but you can say what you want. You're not, you're not moved by it. It doesn't excite you. But you can't deny the fact that the Giants have a win and Philadelphia wins and you're in the postseason, which would almost be embarrassing. And I know I can hear Rick on my one shoulder saying, no, getting in is all that matters. Fine. And it's experience, and it's Daniel Jones, and it's first-year head coach, and they buy into the system. Boy, if you get in at 6-10, and 10, that is that is something horrendous, right? It, it really is. But it's still in, and it's still division champs. And what's the old adage? What do they call the guy that finishes last in his uh, in his um Medical school class, doctor, I, I guess it's it's the same. And you don't even get the seven seed. Giants win this thing, they'll, they'll get the four seed, which is amazing, which looks like Tampa Bay will be the team that they face. And how about Alvin Kamara, huh? And now I guess we're at the point. So we asked COVID. And I guess if everything and, – and that's first and foremost. See, we're such lunatics now that it's like, he has COVID. When can he return? When will he be back? I guess the only way he can play wild card weekend now, which they they will be playing because they, they – they have to play a game. They're not the not the top overall seed. Um, the only way that he can play is if they play Sunday. So you wonder if the NFL says, you know what, it's Kamara, it's the Saints, it's a big name, it's a big team, we'll give them the Sunday game, or if they still give them the Saturday game. I would think it would go by, and I don't have this you know, formula, ratings. 
Uh, and, and I think that they'll just say, sorry, you know, the Saints are the Saints. And they're not as popular as, say, the Packers, or the Cowboys, or the Giants, or, or one of those other teams. And they're going to play Saturday. Or if they move the needle close to where need be, then they'll get the game on Sunday. But that's a wild situation. Uh, it's rampant. The, the, the Cowboys couldn't practice yesterday, right? We know that. The Giants are with that. Their offensive line coach now, who I guess on an iPad behind the offensive line yesterday, zoomed into practice. So it is a, a wild scene uh, in the NFL. But I thought we'd start, and I'd like to open it up at 800-919-3776. And, I mean, I, I want to wish you guys a Happy New Year, first and foremost. So Happy New Year. And then we obviously have to get to the Jets. And this is why this time from now till whenever the draft is, late April. I don't know the exact date. I'll figure it out at some point. Um, this is why now till late April is such a crapshoot. Because, firstly... We're going on and on about how Trevor Lawrence is the absolute answer. And he's the guy that you have to get. If you don't get him, you've had an awful season, and now you're going to win two games and be lumped into the number two pick, and what's that going to be, and how can they possibly be, and now you're whining, and now you're crying and complaining, and now it's Zach Wilson, right? So we go from two weeks ago, I want to go winless, I want Trevor Lawrence, he's the greatest thing I've ever seen, right? No one can deny that narrative. Then you win a game, and you're distraught. And you can't believe that you live in a world where the Jets beat the Rams, and then you're rooting for Jacksonville, and they get hammered, and now you win another game, and now you're locked into the two. Right? So the narrative is, we stink, we want to stink, it's the best thing for everybody. And then you win a game. And now you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, and now you're heartbroken because you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. But then you watch Zach Wilson. And now Zach Wilson is the best thing you've ever seen. And he might not be Trevor Lawrence, but he's phenomenal. He's a sensational quarterback. He's got the look of everything. He could do no wrong. And that if I'm going quarterback and replacing Sam Darnold, which of my standpoint the entire time needs to happen. Okay, I'm not I'm not rerunning this thing with Sam Darnold. I think it's foolish if you're the Jets, but not my decision. So, Zach Wilson is the flavor of the day. Has a great whatever ball he was in, the Boca Raton ball, whatever that thing was, and he's back to, he's the number two pick, and there's no two ways about it. And Justin Fields has fallen out of that because I watched him, and I don't mean me, I'm speaking for everyone else out there in, in, in Todd McShay land, right, in Mel Kuyperville, who says, well, I don't want Justin Fields because Justin Fields looked Awful against Indiana, looked worse against Northwestern, and he's not the answer. And Ohio State quarterbacks aren't good because Dwayne Haskins is a disaster. So I don't want Justin Fields, and now I'm the Jets, and now I'm screwed because now I don't know what's right, and now I don't know which end is up, and now I can't get a quarterback, and now I got to run it back with Sam Darnold, and I thought Zach Wilson was going to be good, and I thought I was going to get Trevor Lawrence, and now I'm going to get Justin Fields, but now Justin Fields stinks, and now I don't know what I want. And then you go into last night when you flip the calendar and you're finally into 2021. And you think, all right, let's watch these games. And you don't see when you're a Giants and a Jets fan, you don't just watch the games anymore. You watch the games as the chief scout of those teams, right? You watch the games as, well, I I am Joe Douglas. And if I am Joe Douglas, here's what I would do. And I do the same with hopefully the guy that replaces Dave Gettleman. Because I'm watching Devontae Smith thinking to myself, God, this guy's got it all, doesn't he? I mean, he's as special as special can be. And you watch Mac Davis, and you watch Najee Harris, and you watch all these guys. 
you know, because you love football, because you love college football, and because our teams are so bad that for the most part, anyone that we want available in these games, we're going to have a chance at. So now you watch it with your GM hat on. And you watch the first game, and Notre Dame does what Notre Dame does. And here's the thing, a couple things on this game. Firstly, Notre Dame can't beat Alabama. They can play ten times, and Notre Dame probably doesn't win one. That's for starters. Secondly, you hear a lot, and I don't like Notre Dame at all. I root against them, have since I'm a little kid. Yet, love the movie Rudy, which is interesting. But Notre Dame got hammered by Alabama. And then there's this take of this is what Notre Dame does. They're just not a good school, and their their football is not at the level of the other three. That's true. Their football is not at the level of the other three. But here's the question I would ask. What team is it that you'd want to have replaced Notre Dame that you realistically think would have put up a better fight? Right? I mean, I agree Notre Dame, not at that level, can't compete, would have played Alabama, got hammered, would have played Clemson again, would have got hammered, would have played Ohio State, probably would have got hammered. What team do you think you put in that place? You think Texas A&M is giving you a six-point game with a chance to drive down the field and win at the end? No. The answer is nobody. The answer is college football is dominated by three schools right now. You're going to get the Notre Dame. You're going to get the Texas A&M. You're going to get LSU. You're going to get you know the fourth team get in there and compete. But odds are, and now you get an LSU like last year, which is sensational and you know a generational kind of team. But for the most part, college football is owned by three teams. And you watch Mac Jones, and you watch Devontae Smith, and you watch that offense, and they are. I mean, they were twenty point favorites in that game. You had one versus four, and one was a twenty point favorite. But we leave that right there at the table. Let's get back to the Jets and I guess to the Giants for, for a small extent. So we've gone through the machinations, right? We've gone through it all. The The Jets are going to wind up with the second selection. That's locked in. We know that. And Zach Wilson, last I was on these airwaves, the answer was Zach Wilson. Well, maybe not so fast anymore. Maybe not so fast anymore to the point that I have now seen. And this is amazing how fickle we are. We are so fickle that you go and don't lie to me and pretend that you didn't have this exact thought. Because you did, and I'm looking at you, Ty, and I'm looking at you out there in the car, and I'm looking at every Jets fan that I know. You had the, I'm heartbroken we didn't get Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I think I want to move on from Sam Darnold. Yeah, you know what, Zach Wilson's probably the answer to, boy, I really hope that Jacksonville doesn't take Justin Fields and leave Trevor Lawrence to us. Don't lie to me. That is a thought that has gone through your head. It is. And Justin Fields. And this just stirs the pot and makes it that much more interesting. Justin Fields looked nothing short of phenomenal yesterday. And let's be fair and let's be accurate. And he was the better quarterback between him and Trevor Lawrence. So this guy has gone from it's two guys, it's Fields, it's Lawrence, all the way down to I don't want any part of that. I think I'd rather stay with Sam Donald to the point where, God, I kind of hope that Jacksonville takes Trevor Lawrence to leave Justin Fields for us. Guys, we don't know. I think that Lawrence is the best quarterback in the draft. I stand by that. After that, I don't know. The one thing I will sit here and tell you is for my money, there is no way, and they might do it, but there is no way that I'm redoing year four, and going again with Sam Darnold. Is it Zach Wilson? I like him. I don't know. Is it Justin Fields? He's the flavor of the day. He was great. He took a huge shot. And how that kid, Skowski, is that his name? 
gets thrown out for that hit is remarkable. Because unless Fields is injured and goes down and there's a timeout and the officials have time to sit there and stop the game and review it, there's no way he's thrown out for that hit. Horrendous targeting call. But I digress. Fields, Wilson, Lawrence, Darnold. Now you throw them up and you're not even sure at this point. And you know what? The Jets are back into being in a good position. Even if it's Lawrence that you desperately wanted, at least Fields gave you a great game. So even if you say, and I don't want it and I wouldn't do it, we're sticking with Darnold, at least there's got to be a team that looks at the number two spot and says, i got to get there because Wilson's a stud and Fields is a stud. And we'll see Matt Davis or Matt Jones and we'll see Justin Fields next um, Monday night, January 11th. So you get another look at Justin Fields, who at the moment you want as your Jets quarterback. What's the right answer? The right answer is we have no idea. That's the truth. We have absolutely no idea. But I will say this as a Jets fan. You feel better today than you did three days ago. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Ty D. Butler, I I say good morning. Happy New Year, because this is what we do. I mean, if you don't know, and I don't know how you couldn't, Ty D. Butler, Newhouse School of Communications, as always in the second segment, pops on and says good morning, and and we kind of wax poetic about things for a minute. So let's do that right now. Good morning, Ty D. Butler. How are you? Good morning, Davido. Can I start calling you that now? I thought about a, a new nickname for you, and I love it. Davido. That's horrendous. I love it, though. It sounds I mean, that's good. what you would call the little actor who, who played in Taxi. Or you would call the uh, reggae artist, Afrobeats, from Nigeria, oh. Davido. Okay. Well, th- you know what? That, that's fine. You want to call them Davido, you can. I'm not Davido. I, I, I think it's good. Well, look, can I you, call you Tyrell? If, if that's what's in your heart, you can do it. No. no we're not, not we're not, you know, you're a bad guy. How am I a bad gonna guy? Because I was going to bring you on and wax poetic about how good I heard you were last week, and I heard the first half hour, and I was really impressed, and I texted you all day, and I, I like I was a big part, I thought, of, of that opening salvo for you doing radio. And then you start 2021 where, good morning, DeVito, can I call you that? <laughs> I'm gonna, you know what, let's do, Jake, do me a favor. Play the intro music again, and let's pretend that the last 45 seconds have never happened. Let's start it up again. Can you do it? Jake, give me one moment that. and I got you. Yeah, no, I know, because Jake is as competent as, as anybody on the board. The ones and twos here. So Jake's gonna he's gonna look, he's gonna figure it out, and he's gonna play the intro music. We're gonna welcome everyone back. We're gonna say good morning to Ty, and we're gonna pretend that the DeVito thing never, ever, 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 ever happened. Anytime, Jake, now. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. See, here's here's the thing with Jake. Jake apparently. Okay, there we go. I don't have to tell anybody about Jake. Give me something, Jake. Come on. Give me something. Come on. You can do it. I know. I I have such faith in Jake that he's gonna play some song. I don't care what it is. Give me the theme song of Cats. Just give me some music. Oh, Jake, you really. All right, Rothenberg with you. Twenty twenty one ninety eight seven. ESP. Like we do every second segment, we welcome in one Ty D. Butler, Newhouse School of Communications. Good morning, Ty. How are you? Good morning, David. I'm doing well and yourself. Happy, happy New Year New to Year. you. Very happy New Year, New Year to you and yours. Oh, absolutely. Same to you and your beautiful family. 
Uh, big 2021 for you. You're going to be adding a member of your, your young family, your, your wonderful, lovely family. I'm very excited by that. I'm excited as well. I uh, look forward to having that happen. My beautiful wife and I are, you know, living the dream right now, as they would say. Sleep in now, my friend, because when is this adorable youngster due? Summer 2021. Summer 2021. So a, a midsummer baby, a baseball baby. A baseball be. baby. I like right? the sound of that. Nice yes. little ring to it. Do we have a na- Do we know if it's a boy or a girl? We are not yet sure of of the gender. Okay. But when we when that happens, I don't know if we're going to release that to the public. Just I yet. think okay. Well, here's the thing. Couple things with that. Firstly, if you do find out, will you release it to at least me? Of course. Okay, and I wouldn't. You're I wouldn't a staple. Uh, you're a staple of my life. Okay, I love that. Now, in addition. Um, I think you should. I think it's it's good banter to release it to the public for people to know what, where we're at, what's well, going on. People love you. You're now a draw at the station. I don't know. It, so that'll happen at some point. I just don't know if we'll do it immediately. Is what I'm saying. Okay. You got to have the, the the tension build up. Then you then you drop the bomb. I'm I'm very very excited. Now, speaking of excited, last week your debut show, I heard. Rave reviews from everyone involved. Rave reviews. I heard you were. I heard you were witty. I heard you got a million calls. I heard the content really drove two million. Uh, what? Two million, not one million. Two million. I I heard very very good things about that. That's show. good, man. I was I was excited to do it. Obviously, a ton of nerves going into it. But as we progressed through the show, all you know, the audience showed a lot of love. So I can't be, uh, I can't be um, more thankful for what they were able to do for me. We had some fun, a lot of hoops, did some football, had a couple guests on, did a little in or out. It, it was fun, man. And having you at the top was the icing on the cake, the icing, the cherry, the coup de gras, as one would say. Absolutely, it helped ease me into the the three hours that uh, that that unfolded last Saturday. So. Very excited, thankful for you, and I'm glad to have the the raving reviews. Raving, raving, rave reviews. So congratulations to you. Very pleased. Now, your conundrum. Because you heard my opening, you're like, yeah, he's right. Right? You went through all these ebbs and flows and ups and downs as a Jets fan over the last couple weeks, haven't you, with the quarterback? Oh, I have. And I'll I'll just say this. A week ago... I was distraught, and I, I was trying to find a glimmer of optimism and say, look, maybe it's on the table that Sam Darnold, despite having you know a, a, a rather disappointing first couple of seasons, maybe with the right head coach, he can show you a little something. He's not going to be a top-five quarterback ever, maybe not even top-10, but can he be top-15? Can he be serviceable? Yeah, but is Who that knows? what I want? No, of course you is don't that, is that, that what I, I have the number two pick in the draft, what's considered to be a, a, a great quarterback draft, and I want to potentially stay with the guy who, if things go well, has a chance to be 15th best in the NFL? That's what I want? Well, that let, let's just call that the worst case. Well, not it can't be the worst case scenario, obviously. But The it, worst case scenario is you get a new coach in here and he stinks. Yes, that's the, that's the worst case scenario. But, look, I, I'll admit this. I was out on Justin Fuse after I watched him against Northwestern. He was a disaster. And now you love him, don't you? I don't love him. But how, could you not, how could you have watched last night and not be I, unbelievably impressed with no, Justin Fields? No, but that's different. I, I'm impressed, obviously. But I can't say I love him. Two weeks removed from me just being 
completely out on him. But that's how fickle fans are. Of it, course. It goes from I don't want him, whatever you do, don't bring him to my organization, to you find the number one pick, I might take this guy. You know that that conversation is out there right now. Absolutely. Just, just to give you uh, where I was just a couple of weeks ago. He uh, against Northwestern. How about this? Twelve for twenty-seven, a buck fourteen, no touchdowns, two picks. QBR. He looked, he looked awful. Thirty-three point seven. Last night he was sensational. So it gives me hope that you just, if you're a Jets fan, you just want options. You don't want it to be Trevor Lawrence or bust because you didn't go zero and sixteen. You're not going to get the number one pick. You want options, and maybe the Jacksonville Jags saw Justin Fields last night and were like, "Hey, there, we have There's a, no a quarterback competition." There, Who there knows? is no way. There's no way. There's no way that years and years of analysis and buildup is going to change in one night. We're also they're, talking about the Jags. I mean, they're, they're not you just know what? You, you say that as if being, being the Jets is so much better than being the Jags. No, it's not. But the Jets are going to reap the harvest of whatever uh, the Jags decide to do with that yeah, number the one The second pick. overall pick goes from being unattractive 48 hours ago to, oh my, we now have our pick of the litter behind Trevor Lawrence. But, so it's a, it's not a horrible spot. Now, let's not go nuts, right? So next, you just talked about it, next Monday against Alabama. They're not going to beat Alabama, but can you he don't look? That. I don't I don't think they're going to beat Alabama. But all right, look, let's just Did say. Did you think they were going to beat Clemson? No, I did not. This, that running back is something else, by the way. I, listen, Dave. So there was a lot of a lot of hoops on last night. So my plan was this will be a blowout at halftime. I'll check in and out in the second half, and I'll just turn the hoops on. It was a blowout, but not you know the team. Not the way you want. Not, Who would have thought that the second game would be less competitive than the first? Yeah, absolutely. But look, as I said, next Monday. You would like to see him beaten. Maybe he's not as great as he was last night. Going to be hard to really outdo that. But can he? Be, can he look a fraction of that? Then I'll be really feeling good about. Now let's not bury the lead here. We'll get to the calls in a moment. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Do we have a second date for you to uh, get on the air? Uh, not yet. Not yet. We don't. Now, who knows? Maybe it'll be sooner than you think. Who knows? Who knows? All right. So let's do this. Quick break. Come back, and we'll get to your calls. We'll get to your calls on the Jets. We'll get to your calls on the quarterback situation. Assuming, and I don't want to hear this. Uh, I'm assuming Lawrence goes one. So it's 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 Wilson, it's Trey Down, it's Fields, or it's stay with Darnold. Of which those four will be the last one that I would go with. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Monday morning, five o'clock. Till 8 o'clock, D-C-R. And if you're like one of the few people who's like, wait, what is, what is he talking about? You got new morning drive here, baby, on 98.7 ESPN. It's DPHO, it's Canty, it's Rothenberg, and it launches Monday morning, 5 o'clock. So every weekday, 5 to 8 a.m., you're locked in with us on 98.7 ESPN. So it'll be, and I have a feeling, and I don't know if this kind of thing is possible, that Rick will be a, a crazier Wilder, more free brand of himself that early in the morning, and we'll have to uh, you'll have to tune in to find out. But that is my that is my thought heading into twenty twenty one and the launch of the show Monday morning at five o'clock. All right, let's get to some of these Jets calls. I know you guys are excited, and I know it's a a huge topic of conversation as it should be. Let's go to Diego in Queens. Diego, lead us off on a Saturday. You're on ninety eight seven ESPN. Hey, Michael, how are you? This, this is Dave Diego. I'm sorry, Dave. Hey, Dave. How are you? How are you? What did you? You thought you were talking to Michael K? No, no, no. I was I was reading something online as I was waiting. <laughs> All right. So you got com- confused. Not a great way to start 2021, Diego. But go ahead. No, actually, I was gonna make it even better because I was gonna say 
I think you and Rick are by far the funniest tandem on all the radio. Really? You guys crack me the hell up. You know, really quick, before I get to the Jets, mm-hmm. you know last week when you guys were talking about the whole circumcision? Oh, my God. I'm telling you, I almost crashed because I was dying in the car. So Good. I'm glad. I'm gl- And just wait until it's 5 o'clock in the morning. And I know you'll be up with us and you'll be listening. When it's earlier, I, I think no holds barred. I don't barred have a choice. I don't now, have a- now there are holds barred, whatever that means. It will be no holds barred when we get to uh, January 4th. <laughs> but, all right, Diego, what do you got today? Give me. But let me, but let me tell you this. Um, I, I hate to say it, but I don't think I've ever cheered for somebody to fail the way I was cheering for Trevor Lawrence to not have a good game yesterday. But as a Jets fan, wow, Fields looks... Oh, man, I, I really hope he does the same against Alabama, and then I'll just feel a lot better. Because I woke up today, and I wrote on Facebook, congratulations, Justin Fields. You just made it to the Jets. That's how you, So you put that on Facebook for everybody to see. They have to see it. So you're locked in now, Diego. But but let me let me ask you this, though, and be honest with me. Go ahead. Yesterday, 8.15 p.m., if I would have told you Justin Fields is the guy that you're going to wind up with, would you have said gray or would you said, wait, hang on a minute, Dave, I have real reservations? Honestly, I was getting ready to draft an soul and just give Sam Donovan another chance. So, Diego, let's be fair now. You have completely done a 180 and changed your entire outlook based on one game then, right? <sighs> Unfortunately, as a judge. Is that fair? I, I don't have a choice. <laughs> So you're all in. Sorry, I just don't. So you, you just don't to, see I'm any way around it. Thanks for the phone call. You don't see any way around it. And you're moving forward. And Justin Fields is the guy. And he wasn't the guy. And this is what I'm talking about. Like, you can't go. And, I, and I've said the same thing with Gettleman. You can't be a Giants fan. And if you win the division and get in with six games, say, okay, I, now I want Gettleman. I love him. He's the guy. Move forward with him. No. You need to determine that now. Similarly to the Jets. You can't just all of a sudden. Ch- I, I guess you can. But it feels disingenuous to me if you didn't like Fields, you watch him against Indiana, you watched him against Northwestern, and you didn't like him and you didn't want him, and now you watch him against Clemson and you've completely changed your tune. So so now you love him, right? Now if he goes out against Alabama and stinks, now do you go back to not loving him? And that's the difference. When you're a GM, you have to look at the big picture. And when you're a scout of this organization, you have to look at the big picture. You can't be swayed by every little nuance that happens. Let's go to uh, D in Queens. D, you're next up on 98.7. First of all, if the Jets keep Donald burn down the franchise to the ground, okay? He was a turnover machine in college. He's a turnover machine now. You know, I'm one of the few people. Hello? I'm listening to you. I'm one of the few people, me and Anita Marks, who thought the Jets should have traded down and taken Lamar Jackson. And the way they were in college is the way they are in the pros. He was a turnover machine then. He's a turnover machine now. Get hyped. I, I got to tell you, D, it's not only his turnovers. I, I mean, I've watched three full seasons of Sam Darnold, and, and I don't love anything about him, to be honest with you. Exactly. Like, and then everyone talks about Ohio State quarterbacks suck. What about USC quarterbacks? I mean, yo, what are we talking about here, people? People are so prisoner at the moment. Like, New England's going to intentionally lose tomorrow. Cleveland, all their receivers are on COVID. And the Rams, forget about it. So people are getting hyped over that. This dude is garbage. Call it a day. Whatever. I don't think he's garbage. You- I'm not going to go that far, D. I, I, I don't look at Sam Darnold and say he's garbage. But I look at Sam Darnold and say, after three years, I should know a lot more about him than I do now. 
and now I have to pay him? Exactly. You got you got to be kidding me. Exactly. That's a, that's another thing. Why would you want to sit there? You see what it is, and then have to pay that when you could get a cheap rookie right now. Yeah, I would. Fair. I wouldn't. I agree with you. You and I are on the same yeah. page. Thanks for the call. I mean, you're a little more aggressive about it, saying he's garbage and he stinks, and he. he I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's bad. I just think he's. I think the the upside of him is he. Let, let's 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 look at it here. How good could he get? I think the upside of Sam Darnold is the what. 12th best quarterback in the NFL, between 12 and 15. I, I guess if he played well and he was on a good team, he could he, he could lead a team to the – it's hard to envision Sam Darnold leading a team to a Super Bowl, but he could lead a, a team to the postseason. But now I have options of guys that I think have a real chance of being terrific. This is a big-time big, big quarterback draft. That was the, the, the thought all the way through. Now all of a sudden, it's not. Justin Fields was great. At the end of last year, Justin Fields was great. Oh, jeez. Brown's close facility for a third time in four days after another positive virus test. So we've made the entire season. We're week 17. It's a huge game between Cleveland and Pittsburgh, and we're the day before now we don't know. I, I guess they could. How do you even play that game on Monday or Tuesday? How can you do that? Because the Browns would have to play. Maybe you could play Monday. Can you play Tuesday? I, I don't know. They need to play it. The mess. It's a mess. I, I mean, that's what the country is right now. It's an absolute mess with this virus. I don't know if you saw, I'm not going to get into it. All right, 800-919-3776. I'm going I'm to stick to the NFL. Let's go to, uh, all right, let's bring him on. Wish him a happy new year. Ira in Staten Island. Good morning, Ira. How are you? Uh, we're working. We're efforting on bringing Ira into the show. So Ira's, you know, longtime Jets fan. I mean, his resume speaks volumes. And now we have him, Ira, in Staten Island. Good morning, Ira. Or maybe we're not. And now we now we have completely lost the call screener. So I'm going to give it to you honestly. I'm going to give you play-by-play of what's going on during this show. So if it's good, great. If it's bad, okay, we'll work our way around it. He's pompous. Listen, shut up, and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like, to be that uncomfortable, pimply-faced, not very popular kid. (laughs) But now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800-919-3776 with your question, and let's stump Dave Rothenberg. We'll see if you can. Welcome to 2021. Stump Rothenberg with you right here on 98.7 ESPN. Stump Rothenberg brought to you by the law offices of the great sensational attorney that we affectionately call Andrew M. Cohen. All right. Happy 2021 to you, Ty. How are you? I'm doing just fantastic. I'm excited, man. I feel pretty good. This is not Stump Rothenberg related, but I I just can't stop thinking about what we're going to get 5 a.m. on Monday. But you got to focus, okay? And I understand that you're jumping ahead to Monday, but right now, be a, be a prisoner of the moment. Stump Rothenberg is with us live right here on 98.7. All right, let's do it. I'm sorry. I need you to focus on that. I'll and focus. let's do that. And let's start out with Steve in Brooklyn. Good morning, Steve. Lead us off. Happy New Year, Dave, and good luck with the, the new show on Monday. Thank you. 
So Spike mentioned the 2020 record of 337 and 82, which is slightly exaggerated. Um, since the return of shows in April, I tallied a record of 224 and 86. <laughs> so not the full year, but since April, and pretty good. So. You guys are amazing. I, I don't know who's right. I don't know who's wrong. I, I don't know how there's such a discrepancy, but I, I appreciate all the hard work. All right, Steve, what do you got today? Okay, baseball. So the great Phil Negro lost 20 games twice, but who is the most recent and most likely last pitcher to lose 20 games in a season? Oh, God. I mean, Anthony Young definitely... I don't think he went to... I know he lost a ton. Brian Kingman, I thought, lost 20 games in a season. Um, Mike Maroth also, I think, lost 20 games in a season. Those are the ones that, that ring a bell. And I don't think Anthony Young lost 20, but I think he lost like some unbelievable consecutive amount of games. So Kingman was definitely before Maroth. Is there anybody else that's in here? Young is the only other guy I can think of. <sighs> I'll go with Maroth. Tigers, I believe it was that, that team that had nice young pitchers, but they lost a million games. That's hesitantly, but somewhat confidently, final answer. So Anthony Young did lose 27 straight, but never 20 in the season. The 03 Tigers had Jeremy Bonderman, who lost 19, but Mike Maroth lost 20 that year. Yep, he's your guy. Nice. No, no, no. Start the year out beautifully. And I think, Ty, if you're scoring at home, that Brian Kingman also lost 20 in a season, but it was not um, more recently than Maroth. And how about that, by the way? Anthony Young lost 27 consecutive decisions. I mean, that's a record that might never be duplicated again. All right, let's go to Kathy in Yorktown. Kathy, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave. Happy New Year. Same to you, Kathy. So I was thinking of when we say farewell to 2020, the farewell to Shea. And I wanted to see if you knew who was the last Mets pitcher to record an out at Shea Stadium. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to know this. Um, so we're 07, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver Perez. Scott Schoenweiss was on that team. It's going to be some, like, secondary pitchers. It's clearly not going to be. I, I, I don't I don't know. I'm going to guess Scott Schoenweiss. Well, he was... Third to last. The last one was Bobby Parnell, our old friend. Bobby Parnell. Good for about a minute with the uh, with the Mets. All right. Okay. All right. That's one and a, one. And one. Um, we continue along. Good job, Kathy. Way to start the year. Uh, let's go to Dave in Connecticut. Dave, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, how are you? Good, Happy Dave. New Happy New Year. Healthy New Year. Same to you. The last weekend in the 1981 season was very big for us Giant fans, helping us get into the playoffs, as you might recall, after 18 years of futility. Big third down conversion in Giant history was David Tyree, as we all know. Fourth down was Bobby Johnson, 86. Who was the Giants receiver in that 81 playoff game that moved us into field goal range for Joe Danello, who had a key third and 20 catch? And then the next consecutive play, the 14-13 catch. 
Wait, now, a couple things. A, that should be week 16, right? Because there's no, no 17. Yeah, second of all, you said, week in the season, correct. you said playoff game. That that was not a playoff game. That was the last game of the regular season. No. Correct. He clinched us to get into the playoffs with some help from others. All right. So, I mean, who who are the guys that it could be? Um, I think John Missler was on that team. Ernest Gray was on that team. What's the question, by the way? He, the guy had like a 20-yard catch? He, third 20, he caught the third down catch, and then the fourth and 13 catch consecutive plays to move it into field range for Joe Danello. So third and 20, he had a 20-yard catch, you said? He had a 7-yard catch, and then on fourth and 13, he had a 15-yard catch. Got the first down after two plays. All right, so the receivers on that team are Missler, Young, I believe, Ernest Gray, who I used to love and my dad always told me was not good, and Tom Mullody. It's got to be one of those four. Um, I don't know. I'll guess Dave Young, but I'm uncertain. Amazing how you remember all the receivers. It was Missler, but it's amazing your memory of all those receivers. All right. John Missler. It was a, you know, it's funny when you're a kid and you watch these guys, you look at them and you're like, boy, he's so good. And he was so mediocre. All right, that's one and two. So, Ty, I mean, we, I think we should stop now. Call it a year. One and two. There's no reason to go on. <laughs> Call it a year? Call it a year. Well, listen, the, the other way to look at it is we're, we're starting off at one and two, but there's still a chance to get to respectability. Because you don't want to, you don't want to start the year off with a miserable stump Rothenberg. We can't no, end it at one and two. Clearly on the on the way to getting to. Yeah, and then you quit. Like it's different if we go two segments in and you're five and seven. But to quit after three questions. So you think persevere through this? Yes. All right, Mihal and Elizabeth. Mihal, you're on ninety eight seven. Hey there, Dave. Uh, so just so you know, you're two and zero against me. At least I know that much. All right, uh, very here's, good. Here's a new one. Here's a new one for twenty twenty one. All right, geography. So you may already know, and you probably do, that the longest border between two countries in the world is between the U.S. and Canada. But, of course, that includes that portion about 1,500 miles between um, Canada and Alaska. So my question to you is, what is the longest uninterrupted border between two countries in the world? The longest uninterrupted border? That's correct. Um... I mean, it could be Argentina, Chile. It could be Russia, Kazakhstan, I believe. Russia, China. Um, I'm very uncertain. So Canada, U.S. is the longest. Could it be Argentina, Chile? I'm going to say Russia's got to be involved because it's such an enormous country. And then I guess the question is, is it Russia-China or is it Russia-Kazakhstan? This is a very difficult question. Ty, you would agree this is a very difficult question, right? Oh, yeah, but you're made for this moment. This is what you're all about. I don't know. I think, I think we, uh, I'm going to guess, I think there's a good chance we're going to drop to one in three. Russia and Kazakhstan. That's uh, pretty damn good, uh, Dave. You are two and two, actually. Uh, good answer. Um, I'm right. You got it. You got it. I'm back, Ty. I'm back.
and you wanted to end this segment. How dare you? That I mean, do you see what just happened there? Do you see the brain power used in that answer? I also see that despite all the praise you're giving yourself, oh, you just improved to two and two. You know, it, it's fine. But I, it doesn't matter to me because at this moment, being able to to geniusly answer that correctly made my day. I might finish at two and seven, but the way the mind worked to lead me there, come on, doesn't get better than that. Why can't you give me credit? Well, because look, this is what we're used to. That's a very difficult answer. It is, but it's it's only a, one. and you know what? It's only one. You can only get one point for that. As good as the Bobby Parnell question was, <laughs> it's Bobby Parnell. It's like who who really cares? That question had. That was real meaning there. There was depth to that question. It was a beautiful question. All right, let's go one more, and then we'll break, and then we'll come back and, and do some more. Let's go to Chris and Beth Page, who is, is my nemesis. Chris hates me. Chris, good morning. You're on 98.7. Dave, I love you. And you know what? I, I'll even give you partial credit for the missile one, because you even mentioned them. I mean, that wasn't your final guess. And I was at that game, by the way, and I would have gotten it because... Of, that, you know, it's funny. I remember Missler well. And also, don't forget, Gary Shirk was on that team, too. He's another uh, tiny. Yeah, Gary Shirk. And, and it's so, so funny because I was little. I don't know how old you are. But when you look back at those guys, you think, God, they were so good. They, those were such mediocre receivers. But in oh, retrospect, when, when you're a little kid, you look back and you're, you're so fond of those guys. But all right, go yeah, ahead, Chris. Got, what do you got? All right. All right. Here's my question. All right. Um, Dave, two franchises in baseball have never had an MVP. One, unfortunately, is our beloved New York Mets. Who's the other franchise? Has never had a league MVP. And this is going to take a second just to kind of think through. Obviously, the Yankees have. We know huh. the Mets have. Have the Rays? Maybe the Rays. The Rays. The Rays. Or the Diamondbacks. It's definitely one of those two. It's the Rays of the Diamondbacks. And now I have to think of uh, which one it is. Um, and you won't tell me if I'm right. And you shouldn't, and that's fine. All right, so Rays or Diamondbacks? Um, mm. I'm going to say, I don't think the Rays have, the Rays have an MVP. No, have they? I, I don't, I don't think so. But who's the Diamondbacks MVP been? And I'm confusing myself. I'm going to say Tampa's never had an MVP. Final answer. Where are you going with? Tampa. It was the Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh, who won MVP for Tampa? I tell you, I'll totally look it up. But this, I got this question from the New York Times said only two MVPs, so I'm assuming they did their research. This came from the New York Times, so I know they said the Mets and Arizona Diamondbacks. I'll look up Tampa, who their MVP was. I will. Yeah, I don't know, know who, who won the MVP for for the Tampa Bay Rays. Ty, you give me that buzzer so 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 viciously, but I, I mean, do you remember who won MVP for Tampa? 
No, I don't. I'm gonna... Jake, you're a huge baseball guy, and you're a Yankees fan to boot. Do you remember who won MVP for Tampa? I'm trying to think. I... Carlos Pena, no, I, I don't think he, he didn't won. win MVP. Yeah, yeah I know he had a great MVP. year with them, but I don't, I'm trying to think. I'm looking it up right now. Stump Rothenberg continues with you. The debut edition, 2021. Uh, my crack staff has gotten to heavy work during the commercial break. And Ty and, and Jake, if you'd like to pop on and tell people what you, in fact, have, have found with your research. All right. So the three teams that have never won a league MVP, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the New York Mets, and, like you said, the Tampa Bay Rays. All right. So you gave me a harsh, it felt like, buzzer. To drop me to two and three. Would you like to remedy that? All right. So, Dave, this is what I'll do. I'll ask you the question again. You'll answer it, and then we'll play the we'll play the noise. Okay. Dave, yeah. three teams have never won a league MVP. Mm-hmm. The New York Mets, mm-hmm. the Arizona Diamondbacks. Name mm-hmm. the other team. Oh, God. This is a hard one. Um, The Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> I can't believe you played the buzzer. Jake? I was just messing with you. I wanted to see your reaction. Very mean-spirited. All right, so now we jump to three and two, correct? We got three and two. All right, good thing I didn't quit after one and two because I've been sensational the last couple. All right. Uh, and by the way, Kristen Bethpage, who considers himself to be like a nemesis of mine. That's a terrible question, isn't it? It's a great question. Just No, no, research. no, no, no. His, his lack of due diligence is hideous. There. Yes, the question was fantastic. The research leaves a lot to be desired. The research was horrendous for that question. How, you do, agree. You, how do you ask a trivia question and not know the own answer to it? You, you don't know the answer on your own, and you you claim that you got it from the New York Times, which clearly is just a bold-faced <laughs> lie. Or you just didn't read it appropriately, which is on you. So I think that Chris should call back next time. Here's what I think, Ty. Tell me what you think. He's got to have a suspension. He I was just going to say, do we suspend him for a couple, he has of, to. For a couple of games? A couple of games. Um, I think today's January 2nd. I think January 23rd is the next time Chris and Beth Page is allowed to on like conduct. Yes. That's a major two-week suspension, January 23rd. Are we all in agreement? We're, we're all in agreement here. Let's go to Cliff, Long Island. Cliff, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave. Happy New Year. How are you? Good, Cliff. Same to you. Awesome. Hey, just before I get started, I just want to let you know that you are by far the most intelligent, talented, and entertaining sports talk radio host in the city. Far enough. I'll take it. I appreciate it. I'll run with it, and I'll take it. And you're going to kill it in the morning, man. Break a leg. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. What, what do you got? I mean, Here's you buttered me up now. No, no. You're, Dave, you're great. You know it. What do you call a flying dinosaur? So they're reptilian cousins of the dinosaurs, but they fly. Dinosaurs cannot fly. What are they called? I'm thinking of pterodactyl, but I don't know if that's a... Pterodactyl is a type of flying dinosaur, but they're called something. That's a general category. And then a pteranodon would also probably be a a type, right? Correct. Ugh. So it's got to be something. Uh, so, all right. So dinosaurs are walking. So, so it's got to be like pterosaur then, I would think. T- pterosaur? Pterosaurs? Final answer? Oh, God. Yeah, sure. Very close, David. They're called petrosaurs. 
tetrasaurs. I don't know. It's That's so funny. When when I screen the calls, I try to play along, and this first my first guess was a pterodactyl, just like you. I don't. Uh, it's called Petro, but I never heard anything Petro for the for the dinosaur. It's all Terra, pterodactyl, pteranodon. I'd like you guys to look that up as well. I don't. I don't feel comfortable with that question either. It's correct. The, the answer that he gave is correct. You know that you've looked that I up. Looked you've confirmed up. that. Yes. All right. I don't love that. I got to be honest. Let, let's go to uh, let's go to Dave in Queens. Dave, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Not him. Hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. How are you? Hey, guys. Thanks, guys. Andrew, I'm calling. Have I heard a reference this morning? I have. I maybe I missed it. Have you I heard missed it. All right. I don't need you to sit here and challenge me as we get to 2021. No. You completely missed no, the reference, Andrew I'm Cohen. I'm sorry, my friend. Come on. I'm just you bit, focus on what you need to focus on. Give me your All question. All right, sir. All right. Come on. I'm just rattling you. Here. I know. Right. Go ahead. Listen. You're on the free throw line here. Listen. Um. All right. We rephrased it tie style. You know. So look. Three match pitchers. For other teams have had 300 or more Ks. It's Mike Scott, Pedro, and Nolan Ryan in a season. 300 strikeouts in a season, okay? There's one more. He played for the Mets, but he struck out 300 with another team. Who is that gentleman? Besides Mike Scott, Pedro, and Nolan. So he was a Met. Mm-hmm. He struck out 300 with another team. And then, um, and, and also play for the Mets, but he didn't do it. Didn't do three hundred with the Mets. He did it right, with another team. Uh, all right, yeah. so it's not a bad question if you if you actually have the, the correct uh, answer. And he only did it one time, right? Is what you're saying? Or is that uh, not I'm, something I'm, you're giving? A, I'm giving not time? sure of that I'm not. I don't know if he did it one time. He did it a time, or, or I don't know. I, he's, he's done it in his career. He did it in all his right, career. So I don't know how many times. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. Guys that have gotten to to three hundred. I mean, obviously, you said Mike Scott, right? Yes, Mike Scott's one, Pedro's one, and Nolan is one. There's one more. There's one more. I don't know that I know it. I mean, obviously, Gary Cole. Has. I didn't get it either. It's tough. It's a it's a good question. Um, J.R. Richard did, but he never was with the Mets. And this guy pitched with in the big leagues with the Mets. Yeah, he pitched with the Mets. He pitched. With the Mets, yes. Scott, Nolan Ryan, Nolan Ryan did it a million times. I know Randy Johnson did it. Um, Colfax did it, but he has no Mets affiliation. You said Pedro, right? Yes, Pedro's one. I think Sam McDowell did it, but he certainly not wasn't with the Mets, and God knows Walter Johnson wasn't. Um, I think Verlander did it, but he was never with the Mets. Chris Sale might have done it, but he was Kershaw. No, I, uh, and you said Mike Scott, and you said Pedro, and you said Nolan Ryan. Steve Carlton definitely did it, but he never was. Mm -hmm. Mickey Lolich, maybe? But he was with the Mets. Unless Lolich had some, like, cup of coffee with the Mets that I'm not familiar with. I mean, the only ones I can even potentially think of are Mickey Lolich or Vida Blue, but I don't remember them with the with the Mets. With Mickey Lolich with the Mets? Not, not that I remember. Not that I've ever known. Maybe he was. It's going to be Lolich or Vida Blue, but... Uh, I, I, 
I I don't remember either with the Mets, but I guess I'll say Mickey Lolich. But I don't. I don't know. Yeah, wow, you did it great. Yes, he had a cup of coffee, like you said, and um, Lolich in 76, you know, me and you were the same age, so I didn't remember that either. It's just a little before our time, and the answer is Mickey Lolich. <laughs> Here's the thing. There haven't been that many, so just by process of elimination, but I don't remember Lolich pitching with the Mets, but I'll take it. So that's that's a victory. Um, do we want to stop there? Do you, we want to have Jake ask his question? Let's, let's let Jake get in on the action. All right, Jake, get in on the action. Well, good morning, Dave. How good are morning, you? Jake. All right, so my question kind of relates to the start that you had on Stump Rothenberg today, but it deals with NFL. So right up your alley, let's see if you can get this right and end on a high note. All right. There are only two teams in NFL history that have ever made the playoffs after starting four and six or worse. One of them will be the winner of the NFC East this season. Can you tell me the only other team in NFL history to make the playoffs after starting four and six or worse? I mean, you think maybe Seattle. That's seven and nine. Disaster. Um, Carolina, I know, also had a, a bad start. And I, it's got to be a team that... that Finished it. Finished with you know, with a, a bad record. So the, I mean, your thoughts are Seattle or or Carolina? Both made it sub five hundred. Ah, I got I get a fifty fifty chance in my mind if this is correct. I'm going to say Carolina. I think twenty fourteen was the season. And I know you love when people say this. Is that your final answer? For some reason, that always gets me nervous. Uh, That's sure, why I do. Fun. Final answer. And Dave, that is correct. The Carolina Panthers in 2014, they finished the season 7, 8, and 1. Yes. They were outscored that season 374 to 339. They actually won their first game in the wild card against the Arizona Cardinals and then lost to the Seattle Seahawks, who went on to the Super Bowl. So good job. Interestingly enough, that both of those teams that had sub 500 records to get to the postseason actually won a playoff game. So that might fare well for the Giants or whoever wins the NFC East this year. Yeah, or, or not, depending. All right, there we have it. So I don't know what the overall record was, Ty. Are you keeping score of that? I believe it was 5-2. and two. That's that's pretty beautiful then, isn't it? Especially when you start off 1-2. and two. I think yeah. it was 5-3, and three, but either Spike or someone will probably listen and give us an update next week. All right. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.